0: baseball's great charm is that the action comes in spurts which leaves plenty of time to spin yarns look at the girls and make wisecracks chaos c-h-a-o-s critical hate and overwhelming stupidity hey everybody thanks for tuning in appreciate it welcome friends family neighbors birdland Oriole fan well you know what we're all family if you root for the orioles we're all family we're all going through this together Hit me up, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Always love hearing from you guys and Twitter. Get involved at fullcountchaos. Well, here we are. Orioles, 13 and 14. Holy shit, what's happening? You know what I mean? Going into May, it's May 2nd. They beat the A's, so no matter what happens, they win the series uh, uh, going out to Oakland. Oakland's a funny team, man. You know, they win 12 in a row and then they lose six in a row. Some weird shit happening over there. But the Orioles right now, third place, jumped over Tampa, who lost three in a row. Now, who's thirteen and fifteen? We're thirteen and fourteen, tied with the Yankees, nine and four on the road. Who the fuck would have thought this happened three, four years ago? Yeah, the first weekend or the first week, they they play some good ball. And I always laugh about how people are like, "Wait a minute, they actually might be good." And look that they they swept the Red Sox the first weekend of baseball. But we're all laughing like, "Well, they kind of they do this every year." May second. One game under five hundred. Okay, that's not bad. We've been playing, you know, Yankees. I'm playing the Red Sox. You know, we played Miami. We had to go out to Texas and play. Now we're going on the West Coast in Oakland. We're taking care of business. Like holy shit! And it, and it has a lot to do with the bullpen. But my oh my, I'm loving it so far. I mean, fuck it. They're one under five hundred. If they if they sweep in Oakland, they're playing five hundred ball. <laughs> a couple days into May, didn't see that happening. So it's fun right now. Again, we know because of the situation, one under 500, we all have smiles on our face. Yeah, You ask the average baseball player who whose team does well normally, one under 500, they'd be like, oh, man, misery. They'd be complaining on Twitter. This is all we've got, one under 500, and we're all high-fiving each other. At least I am. I don't know about you. Maybe you're still pissed off thinking they should be 10 over 500 right now, but I'm loving it. Anyway, so uh, obviously Orioles baseball to talk about. Some uh, interesting news came up this week as well. Uh, Something I haven't done like the past week or two in the beginning of every episode, I always like to mention any movies or TV shows, whatever it is, hear from you guys as well. Anything that you've watched that you think might be entertaining, even if it's an old movie, because you'd be surprised how much shit I haven't watched that are classics. Like I have never seen a full uh, movie of The Godfather. I haven't seen any of them. And I tell some people that, and they almost, you know, kick the shit out of me for saying those words. I just have never taken the time to sit down and watch the Godfather movies. I'm sure I will. It's on my bucket list. I just haven't gotten around to do it. So, yeah, even if it's an old movie that you've seen that you're like, you know, this is great. I still love it. Send it over to me because I may have not seen it. There are a lot of good movies from back in the day I just have not seen But one movie I did watch the other day, it's an oldie but goodie. And I think it's fucking hilarious. And laugh out loud hilarious. Not that fake LOL bullshit when you text somebody something. I mean, I laugh out loud. And it takes me a lot to laugh like that. I'm talking about the movie Clue. Wait, what did you say? I'm not kidding. I don't know if you uh, ever grew up playing the game board or you have kids who play that right now. But there was a movie, I think, back in 85. (laughs) It's pretty fucking funny. And it's got a good cast. Uh, Christopher Lloyd, Martin Mole, you may remember him from Roseanne. I don't know if you're a Roseanne fan growing up in the 90s. Uh, Michael McKean, he's like in everything. Um, and you know what's funny? I was looking at the cast on Google for Clue. They say Alec Baldwin is in the cast of Clue, which is not true. I don't know unless, unless he's like one of the cops at the end of the movie. Maybe that's it. But Madeline Kahn, Leslie Ann Warren. I mean, it's a great cast. Fucking hilarious. And a lot of the jokes that they put in that movie these days, you just can't say that stuff now. And it's not because it's tasteless or racist anything like that. It just really, you know, steps up to that line, uh, you know, a, a joke about sex or, or gay marriage. You just can't do it now these days. There's somebody who's going to get offended and go on Twitter and do hashtag cancel clue, you know, if that movie was out now. It's like Steve Carell. I used to love The Office, that was another show. That made me laugh out loud. But Steve Carell said it correctly. He says there's no way we could bring back The Office now. The jokes that we did, it just it, it, it couldn't fly these days with society because too many people would be offended. Every week it'd be hashtag cancel The Office if that show was being shown now on television. There's no way. <laughs> I got to tread lightly here trying to explain that shit because someone's going to go, wait a minute. What do you mean? What do you mean you're, you're, you're for than making fun of people in other countries. No, that's not what I'm saying. So anyway, check out the movie Clue. Very funny, I think you'll like it. Stupid, just stupid dumb humor. If you're having a bad day and you just need to have some dumb humor in your life, turn on the movie Clue. Highly recommend it. Uh, The other movie, or the other show I watch, normally if there's a show that comes on HBO or TV and it's every other week, I wait till it's over and then I binge it. Uh, my wife and I decided to watch Mayor of Easttown with Kate Winslet. It's like a murder mystery. I think it's like six episodes. It's a mini series, and we were like, "Well, let's just watch a little bit of the first episode, and, and then we'll we'll see whether or not we want to binge it or we like it." Well, we liked it so much that now when it comes on Sunday nights, we actually tune in. We don't mind waiting that next night or the next week. So I, I highly recommend that as well. Again, Mayor of Easttown, it's pretty good. And the only other thing I'm binging <laughs> lately, you ever seen that show, uh, Naked and Afraid? It's such an asinine show. These fucking nutbags. Literally, a bunch of nutbags swinging around because these guys are naked, guys and girls. They drop two people off uh, in bumfuck Egypt, naked for 20 days. They have no food, no water, no shelter. It's up to them how to survive. Mexico, Colombia, whatever country. You know They, they also do it in the United States as well, but it, it's insane. And it's addicting. And I don't know why I continue to watch it. Uh, we got Discovery Plus. I think, it, yeah, Discovery Plus, commercial free. So what, we'll watch like five episodes and we won't even know it hit us. I don't know. From watching that show, I've learned a lot. I mean, if you need me to light a fire with two twigs while my ball bag is hanging out, I'm your man. But naked and afraid, that's entertaining. Why not? Check that shit out. All right, moving on to some baseball. So, again, i like to hear from you guys if there's anything out there. That you suggest to me or the other people tuning in. All right, I just wanted to get to this real quick. This is really fucking strange. Roberto Alomar, I'm sure you're obviously familiar with that name, played with the Orioles from, uh, what was it, 96 to 98. Then I think he finished his career up at the uh, Chicago White Sox. But old Robbie Alomar sounds like he's in some deep shit, some boiling hot water, and it ain't good. And this is when you start hearing about a ton of other retired baseball players jumping ship, moving out to Tijuana. It's like what happened with Hollywood. All the actresses, all those females actresses came out, and they're like, fuck this shit. We're not keeping our mouths closed anymore. And this is what happened. Boom, 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 boom. And good for them, they should. Some fucked up shit. It's like now, you know, you hear these old ex baseball players like, "Oh, I remember, you know, what ten years ago, I better get the hell out of here." But attorney for the the woman, and again, I don't think anyone really knows what the hell's going on yet. All the juicy details haven't come out. But the attorney, uh, her name's Lisa Banks, who represents a woman who made the allegation against Alomar. She said, you know, made a statement about the brave step her client took. And thanked MLB for taking action. Says, my client commends other baseball industry survivors who have come forward and who helped her feel safer in sharing her own terrible and life altering experience. She added that the woman did not plan to sue or take further action, that she simply wants to ensure Mr. Alomar is held accountable for his wrongdoing. Yeah, you're in deep shit, buddy. And then Alomar puts out a tweet. And it wasn't anything like, you know, these accusations are false. You'll see when it all comes out in the light. This is not true. He was just like, yeah, I I, I get why Toronto fired me and baseball wants nothing to do with me. I get it. I get it. Okay. I'm just going to back away. All right. Let's all forget about this. All right. Yeah, he's in deep shit. And again, obviously, it doesn't sound like all the uh, details have come out. I'm sure they will. For shit's sake, there's no such thing as privacy anymore these days. So, I'm sure something's going to come out and it ain't good, and he's in a lot of shit, and whatever. So, you fucking moron. Anyway, so that's what's happening in old Alomar's life. All right, moving on here. By the way, going to get to some oil talk here, but uh, get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online and check out all the great sports news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't just sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for the runs to the playoffs. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Real quick also, just want to remind you, download the Locker Room app. It's free, live audio-only sports talk platform, free to download and use, start or join ongoing conversations, watch games together, react to the biggest news, rumors, and games. All you need to do is download the Locker Room app. It's free. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join. That's all you have to do, Locker Room app. It's a real deal. All right, so again, here we are. Orioles only won under five hundred. Orioles' offense, they were struggling a little bit. You know, that's why I'm shocked coming into May. I thought for sure by now they'd be 10 under five hundred, but they just kept holding on, winning games. Before Thursday's game, Orioles scored 87 runs the entire season, which is 25th in the league. Two of the teams below them were the Nationals and the Mets, who played three fewer games. So the Orioles weren't exactly lighting it up. They were struggling. They were boring to watch. You know, any team that goes in a, a offensive rut, no matter how good the pitching is. Look, I love watching great pitching. It's fantastic. But when the offense struggles, it's just boring. All right, big deal. One to nothing game, two to one. It just makes you even more angry because you know that the Orioles, all, you know, all you had to do was score three runs, you would have won the game because so-and-so was pitching lights out. The bullpen was pitching lights out. So the offense just shit in the bed. But lately, Orioles uh, last three games, 15 runs, two out of four against the Yankees and could sweep the A's. I don't know. I'm, I'm recording before Sunday. Now, it's interesting because the offense, baseball offense all around the league has been shit in the bed. Historically, they were down in April. The uh, month average of April is 232, lowest since 1968, which was at 230. OPS, 698 back in 92. Right now, or no, I'm sorry, the OPS right now is 698. Back in 92, it was 687. So the pitchers are just dominating. So many fucking good pitchers out there. I mean, it's just different these days. 18 strikeouts per game so far, or was, in the month of April. I mean, guys are just throwing hard as fuck. 96-101 I mean, to 101 with movement, curveballs thrown at 95. Good luck hitting these days. Speaking of pitching, Steve Molesky posted uh, about John Means. ranked third in the American League with an ERA of 150. Fifth in whip with .90. Over his last nine starts, dating uh, to last year, is 4-1 with a 151 ERA. And then Rock tweeted out, he goes, I'll do one better. He's like, that ERA is the lowest for an Oriole starter in his first six starts of a season since Jim Palmer in 1977. Sorry, that was John Means. His ERA is 170 in his first six starts. Again, uh, (laughs) Jim Palmer. If your name is next to his name for some stat, I mean, whoever, no matter what the fuck it is, it's good. It's outstanding. Back in 1977, Jim Palmer's ERA was 1.13. (laughs) That's hilarious. It's the 10th time in club history that an Orioles starter has posted a 170 ERA or lower in his first six starts. John Means had his uh, 200th career strikeout Friday night. Also, nine strikeouts. Jesus. That was just a great game Friday night. And I stayed up for the entire game. When those games on the West Coast, when they're over at 1 o'clock in the morning, I don't care if it's a Monday, Thursday, whatever day it is, I'm up. I can't stop. You know, I always tell people, I'm not going to sit up and watch the Orioles play. It's Tuesday. I got to work tomorrow. Look at me. Eighth inning. I'm pacing back and forth. Tie game. It's ridiculous. It's an addiction. (laughs) I love them. So, Yankees coming to town this week. This past week. Fucking Yankees. Two years ago, the Orioles lost 17 of 19 games to New York. I think it was like 17 in a row. Now, they're giving them some shit. It's great. Aaron Boone. Holy shit, I've never seen someone chew gum so aggressively. And I see a lot of his games. I don't remember. He just seemed completely nervous. He had that look like he had the shits. You know, I just hate watching Yankees baseball. Even when the Orioles win, it's like it almost doesn't help erase the hate as much as I have for them. I just, I hate, like, if I could think of a more harsh word than hate, it's a strong word, but I want to find a stronger word. It's almost like even... Even if the current Orioles roster, if they switch jerseys, and I see Austin Hayes and Cedric Mullins going up to the batter's box in a Yankees jersey, I'd be like, oh, I can't stand fucking Austin Hayes. I hate him. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's, it's just everything about that team. You know, and the only thing I can stomach while watching Yankees baseball is Stanton. I mean, come on. His average hit's like 117 miles per hour. That's a little entertaining. Even when he hits a home run, I know it's against the Orioles. I'm just like, wow, <laughs> that was fucking crazy. And yes, I know I get it, Aaron Judge. Six foot eight, he's a monster too. He's kind of entertaining. No, he's not. I don't know what it what it is about him. He seems like a nice kid. I don't have any beef with him, but it's just like, you know, fuck you. You're a Yankee. I don't care. It's just something about Stanton. He's just a different kind of human being when he's standing in the batter's box. But the uh, Yankees coming to Baltimore, they had the same record. You know they were they were fighting for fourth place, and my prediction for when they were coming into Baltimore in those four games. I mean, New York loves hitting in Baltimore. I've always I, I say every week, what team wouldn't love to come into that little league ballpark? I don't know. I wish they would make. I don't know. I'm not going to get into uh, insulting Camden Yards. A lot of people get upset. It Camden Yards is perfect. It's the best ballpark. I I know. I just want them to make the the walls just a little higher. Make him, like, another two feet on there or something because there are some cheap-ass home runs in left field with in Camden Yards. It's almost as uh, uh, bad as the uh, uh, right field Yankee Stadium. But my prediction was they were going to go 0 for 4. They were going to get swept. The Yankees were due. All their batters were due. Pitchers were due. I mean, they were just coming in with the same record as the Orioles, and they're probably going, all right, guys, let's take care of business. Then they go to Detroit. They're like, we could win eight in a row here. But they come in, I mean, you know, Monday, Harvey looked great. Six innings pitched, five strikeouts, one earned run. Cedric Mullins crushed one out to start the uh, series. Valdez comes out, closes the door. Boom, done deal. Four to two win. Thank goodness for Judge, uh, him sucking running bases. That was a terrible play (laughs) because there was a rally going. And from Judge getting tagged at third, the uh, runner—I forgot who he was—that didn't count. It would have been four to three. Judge on third, two outs, and Lord only knows what the Yankees—what the hell would have happened at that point? At that, and then there you go. We went. We now have a. The Orioles had a better record a couple days before May than the Yankees. Tuesday, boom. Zimmerman came out and just completely took a big old dump. And the Yankees had like nine hits before the fifth. It's just one of those games where you know, like, this isn't going to turn out well. This is done. You have that feeling. They lost five to one. Wednesday had the same feeling. Orioles didn't get a hit until the fifth. They lose seven to nothing. So you're sitting here like, all right, let's try not to lose three out of four. You know, splitting the series with the Yankees coming into Baltimore would be great. Again, I wasn't too confident. Thursday, Orioles wins four to three in extras. Now, Valdez blew the save in the top of the ninth. That's okay. It's going to happen. That's what happens with closers. But I still love watching him pitch. <laughs> Tanner Scott, he looked good. He looked okay. He is Tanner Scott is slowly becoming less of a head case with the walks. And I know there's fans out there, and I, and I see it on Twitter and conversations, that people think Tanner Scott should be the, the closer. Look, I, I still think Tanner Scott's a little bit of a head case. He gets in his head too much. Because you know you, you see him come out and like the only pitch working is his slider and his fastball he throws like ten feet over everyone's head so I don't I think Hyde and them are finally getting to work with him and get his head on straight so just because he's kind of looking good you can't throw him in that closer role you want to talk about a going back to being a fucking head case at that point just leave him where he is right now let him work through it. Uh, but anyway, yeah, Tanner Scott's looking good. Trey Mancini with a clutch home run, three hits, drove in the Orioles' first two runs that game. Uh, Mancini had his first three hit game of the season, and I was so happy for him that night because the, the poor guy is just frustrating. He wants to do so well. Every time he hits into a, a an out or a double play or a pop up, whatever, he's just so frustrated. You could see it. You just feel. You could. You could hear the frustration. But uh, Mancini's turning it around. Love to see it. Trey said after the game, um, you know, when things started turning around, he said, we actually watched film yesterday. He says, we played a lot of my successful at-bats from a couple of years ago. And he says, and what I notice is everything is so simple. So he's still working on it. Uh, And then you got to see Austin Hayes and and Mullins, you know, them them batting each other in. They had back-to-back home runs in Oakland the first night. I tell you, those two guys run like the flash on the bases. And I love, absolutely love Hayes batting behind Mullins. I think it's great. And not just because I got to see him hit a back-to-back home run. If those two can get on base at the same time, shit, things are going to happen. Runs are going to be scored. Pitchers are also going to get all fucked up. You got that much speed on the bases, even just one of them. It, it it really gets in pitchers' heads. So back-to-back, those guys, shit. I love it. Uh, but that night, Austin at third with no outs, when we went into extras with the Yankees, and yes, again, I'm the guy who says we. You're not on the team. Well, fuck it. I love the Orioles, so I say we. When he's on third with no outs, I just, I just knew that was going to haunt us. Because at that time it was three to two, and then that's when Valdez blew the uh, to tie it up three to three, and of course we went in extras. Orioles relievers allow one run on five hits in six innings, and the bullpen is looking pretty good, man. And but <laughs> now, look. Speaking of bullpen, I'm going to talk about the Yankees here for a second. Believe me when I tell you, I felt absolutely nothing for O'Day, seeing him give up the lead. That day, uh, what was that Thursday? Yeah, nothing. Once you're off the Orioles, kiss my ass. Good riddance. Bye bye. I had a couple texts when O'Day given up that lead. You know, pitching in a Yankees jersey of uh, some people reaching out, going, "I, I kind of feel bad." You know, I, I still love O'Day. They say I just texted back and said, "I don't, I don't feel bad at all. Not one I was thrilled. To see him give up that lead. (laughs) Absolutely thrilled. Oh, it's fun. Good stuff. So you get out of there, uh, split the series with the Yankees, and then you're flying over to Oakland. Now, Oakland, again, look, anytime you you see a team this early winning 12 games in a row, you're like, oh, shit, we got to see them again because they took two out of three. Well, here comes Baltimore. And they're like, all right, let's get this bad boy started. Let's go. They, of course, win. Boy, was that a close game Friday night out in Oakland. Bottom of the ninth. Valdez comes out. The Orioles are only up by one. They have two runners on, no outs. You see Cole Sulser warming up. You're like, oh, man, this is going to be ugly. Hyde stuck with them. <laughs> the game was over at, what was it, 12.15 in the morning. And my adrenaline. and It's weird, man. Again, I know the Orioles, look, they may not see October baseball, and who fucking knows the Orioles still had a losing record, but it doesn't matter. You just get, your adrenaline gets pumped. You just won a big game, you know, bottom of the ninth. Valdez barely got out of that. Took me a while to get to bed that night. Uh, but, yeah, it was a great win, 4-3. to three. John Means again threw a damn good game. <laughs> you know, struck out nine, and that's what was upsetting about that game. Because when it looked like I, I, shit, if I am a betting man, I, I probably would have went on some website. <laughs> if you can do that, to shows you how much I know about betting and been like, all right, yep, I'm putting like $1,000 right now. The A's are going to walk this off. I mean, you, you, you know, Valdez just didn't look that sharp. You got to give it to the guy. But it was just very disappointing because I thought, man, Means threw a great game. And that's it. He's not going to get the win. Fuck that. He sure did. And again, that was the night Mullins uh, and Hayes back-to-back home runs. And Saturday, all nine batters had a hit in the lineup. (laughs) And DJ Stewart, holy shit. It's like late in the game, and I think it was the eighth inning. I don't know how DJ Stewart's head is still connected to his neck. He caught a fly ball in foul territory in Oakland and right field, of course. That's where he was playing. And he hit. I don't even know what it was, like some padding on the wall. His neck go his head goes to the left, but his body goes to the right. I don't know how he still caught it. I thought for sure I saw it live sitting there watching and I'm like, Well, DJ's dead. He just broke his neck. He gets up showing the ump the ball. I he's gotta feel something, whether his jaw's busted, his spine, his neck. I something's all fucked up on him. Uh, on Sunday, waking up. Uh, but Harvey uh, was charged two runs, four hits, five and a two-thirds inning, three walks, one uh, only like one strikeout. His ERA is 4.6 right now. Um, and again, like Ben McDonald was saying, just goes to show you, you got seven guys behind you waiting to play some defense. You don't have to get swings and misses to be successful in this league. Just make good pitches, and you'll be fine. Greg Gibson, who was umpiring behind the plate Saturday, was absolutely fucking terrible. Kevin Brown was working the uh, radio, and I was headed over to a little, a little event, a little Saturday night event. And as I was driving, Ke- Kevin Brown was just shitting on the ump. I mean, very politely. I mean, you know, you can't do too much of that and be calling a game and get too dirty with your jokes. But <laughs> I love Kevin Brown. I really do. I hope we hear many, many, many years of him, whether it's TV, radio. But he was going off, <laughs> talking about how bad Greg Gibson was doing behind the plate. Again, like I said, man, if the Orioles win Sunday, it's crazy. It they'll be a 500 team. I mean, you look at Pittsburgh, and you look at you know Colorado, and you and you look at Detroit. Those teams that are oh man. They are – I'm seeing some highlights of those teams. I mean, you know, I, I'm not saying the Orioles have looked super smooth over uh, this month with baseball. But just seeing some of these uh, highlights that I'm seeing of, of Detroit and, and Pittsburgh and – I mean, Detroit, they have eight wins, 20 losses. I don't even know what Pittsburgh, – well, Pittsburgh's 12-14. I don't know. They lost three in a row. So I guess they're right behind us. I don't know. Maybe I'm just biased right now because I'm an Orioles fan. I'm like, hey, yeah, look at our team and look at these fucking nut jobs. They're terrible. Although they're playing like <laughs> they're only like a game behind us. So, yeah, I think it's pretty cool. The Orioles could be a 500, and if they go on a roll after this, they go out to uh, Seattle and win a couple games. It's weird to say that in May, after the first week of May baseball, they could be above 500. They could have a winning record. It's fucking nuts to say. Got the offense coming hot. The bullpen looks great. Starting pitching's doing all right. I mean, shit. I don't know the old the old R word. I can I don't want to say it. Slowly coming around. <laughs> but I love hearing from you guys. Anything on your mind? Baseball uh, experiences in Camden Yards. Movies, TV shows. Most hated player. Want to hear from you guys. Full count chaos. At gmail.com Till next time See ya